You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for The Secret Circle. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Secret Circle news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for The Secret Circle! Good evening, After Buzzers! Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to your October 20th episode of The Secret Circle, entitled Wake. We are Season 1, Episode 5, and I am your host, David Skifalitti. Joined here, of course, by my lovely co-host, Billy Nellis. Hello. Welcome, welcome. With DJ Jesse Janity in the booth playing the theme from Bewitched. I like how when you said, I'm your host tonight, David Skifalitti went, Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most magical person on That's earth. so appropriate. I am. I wasn't going to use the word magical, but that works too. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to know what's going on in my head. Careful, Jesse. <laughs> As you double fisting. One's agua. Okay, this is CW, sorry. Go ahead. One is ginger ale. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to what happened on tonight's episode. Because there was a lot to talk about, yeah. I feel like. Um, and let's start with Jake. Okay. I think we should start with Jake. Yeah. Jake is the new guy in town. We find out that he is Nick's brother. He's yep. been away for two years. Nobody in town really likes him. No. He left with a poor rapport. He robbed the boathouse. He robbed the boathouse. He left Adam and his father, Ethan, destitute, apparently. Right. Um, And no one trusts him. Right. And yet... You look at him and you sort of just want to trust him. (laughs) Well. Stealing from some terms from my Pretty Little Liars crew, I would say he would be the angel face of the secret circle. Yes. I mean, anything that he says you want to believe. Right. Exactly. No, he's like flawless. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he really is quite a handsome fella. Indeed. I'm not going to lie. I think... That the whole Nick and Jake family, I don't know their last name. I don't think I have a last name yet. I don't remember if they do. Um, if you know their last name, give us a call if you're awake, 424-256-1729. It is late, but we are here for you, and hopefully you're here for us. <laughs> um they are not lacking in the looks department. No. That's where that I'm going is with that. a <laughs> It's a common thread through the family. <laughs> that was a charmed family. Right? Yeah. Die. Um, anyway, moving on. Yes. Jake seems to have moved 
not necessarily moved back, but he came back for his brother's wake and his brother's funeral, which is very apropos. I mean, his brother <laughs> is dead, so he should come back to celebrate his life. Right. In theory. And really kind of the last part of his immediate family that was alive. Is right. Gone. I mean, they, they were both of their parents. Both of their parents are dead. And this is the first time we're hearing that Nick even had a brother. Right. Yeah. We're learning along with Cassie. We're learning along. We're on the same journey that Cassie is on. <laughs> we also find out that in the past he dated Faye. Right. Really kind of screwed her up, it seems like. It's... <laughs> I mean, I think Faye has her her own issues as it is, but uh, that aside, Jake being back in town doesn't help. Right. Well, it's interesting to see if how much a part in what Jake did to Faye, how if that shaped who Faye is right now. It's very possible. I didn't even think about that. And I think that that had a big, big. I think that that could have led to Faye being this steely sort of bitch that she, <laughs> that she is. I mean, it, it could be very possible. She yeah. was heartbroken. I mean, clearly, Melissa tells her later on in the episode that the last time he was in town and last time they had relations that she nearly ended up in the psych ward. Right. So she took it a lot harder than I think we're actually even thinking. Right. And she's clearly not over him if she wants to make him think... That he left something good, which he clearly has no intentions of going there ever again. Right. right, exactly. But we see him being very sweet with Cassie and being very nice. And did you trust him when he came back? Um, no. <laughs> Immediately, you had no trust for him at all. I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. but. I think that too many people didn't trust him to think that it was something that could be overcome. Hmm. Because for me, I see it as everything that happened with Jake in the past was before any of them knew they were witches. Apart from Jake, who we find out had found his family's book years before and didn't tell anybody. But the things that he had done to them were on a more mortal level right and not having anything to do with their supernatural witch backgrounds right but i think that the the way that a person acts i guess on the mortal level Mm -hmm. influences the sort of witch that they are which i think is very true to not even give him any sort of trust I think that we were meant to not trust him as gorgeous and beautiful <laughs> as he is. And, 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 and however we want to look into those eyes and just wish they were telling us the truth. Well, I mean, I was fooled. I definitely <laughs> was fooled by his smile I, and I will, everything. I will admit I didn't think it would be to, to the extent that we learned that it was. Neither did I. But I was wary of him. Interesting. Because I was not. I definitely was not. I was on his side. I was like, he's back. He, we find out from Grandma that he can complete their circle now. That the circle not only binds you to each other, but it binds you to bloodlines. Right. So, it, which is very interesting fact. Yeah. That we, but we learned tonight. Because so in we, essence, the circle really didn't break. The circle never broke, which we thought earlier on in the season that if one of them dies, their circle was broken. Right. Which is what some people, I think that that 
I can't remember the, that guy's name in episode two who was after them. Right. But I think he was clearly just, he misunderstood what a bound circle meant. Obviously, we've come to see that it just means that you take a member away and they're weakened. Right. But it isn't broken because it connects lineage rather than than individual people. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very. Um, also, Jake seems to know a lot more about what's going on in this town and the history of this town than he's letting on. Yeah. Because we find out later on in the episode, he's been gone for two years. Cassie's talking to him, and she wants to know why he left and what he was searching for, and did he find peace? Right. And he says, I wasn't looking for peace. Right. And I was so confused as to where this was going, but then we find out that this girl that's been marking them, right, per se... Is well, maybe we should wait to talk about that. Okay. No, we can talk about it now. I think okay. it's fine. <laughs> We're talking about Jake. It involves him. He is working with these people who are a group of witch hunters. Right. We don't know whether they themselves are witches because he tells Cassie that this girl is a witch. Right. Well, I think, I mean, if we're going there, at the end, that final conversation that he has when he's sort of sent to report after having killed the Simone. Mm-hmm. The the man who he's speaking with says that Simone was weary about bringing in a witch to kill a witch. So I don't think those people are witches. Right. I think he used that as an excuse to... I don't think he wanted Cassie to know that there's this other thing. Part this, of him. This other component, this other force that's coming in. I think he needs her in the dark to use her. Right. So, I, yeah, definitely they weren't witches. That was a lie. But at the same time, I feel like he wants to still be a part of Cassie's life. Because he did, in essence, protect her from Simone when she first attacked. And then when he went back to her hotel room or motel room, whatever it was, <laughs> um, to take back the blood. Right. Because Simone didn't go there to necessarily kill her. She said, I want your blood. Yeah. And he said when he took the blood that it wasn't, it was too it soon was too for soon blood for letting. Blood. I don't know what bloodletting means. Um, I think it, you, when you bleed. Okay. <laughs> That's that easy. Okay. I think it's that simple. We're going to break it down here for All you right. at After Buzz. If you know what bloodletting means, please <laughs> call in. <laughs> no, bloodletting is when someone cuts you and you bleed. All right. That's where go I'm going that. with that. It was too soon to cut. Okay. Too soon to cut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but if Jake is back in town and his purpose there is to rid chance harbor of witches and avenge his family's deaths right when is it time for bloodletting like when is the appropriate time to kill somebody yes bloodletting oh you looked it up you googled it i i wikipedia it okay um is the withdrawal of considerable quantities of blood from somebody to cure or prevent illness or disease it is based off an ancient system of medicine in which blood and other bodily fluids were considered to be humors. Right. You had the, that was medieval medicine. You had the four humors and it was blood and like 
pus. There was like four different things that they thought caused diseases, certain diseases. Oh. That is a medieval an ancient medicine before anyone really understood what disease what, was. An actual medicine. Right. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for looking for that. Thank you for looking that up because that doesn't even make sense into this. Yeah. But so it'll be interesting to see that application of medieval medicine. Right. How they use that in the witch and witch hunter world. I think we'll I think hmm. we will come to 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 know what bloodletting Oh, I'm sure we will in this world. I'm sure right. eventually, if not next week but the week after, they'll eventually let us know what they need the blood for. Right. And what will be interesting is, is if they only need the blood to cast a spell. Right. To kill the witch. Right. Which would be interesting having a witch hunter cast a spell <laughs> to kill a witch. In, in essence, becoming a witch to kill a witch. Yeah. If, it, if, if that's leave. where it leads to. Right. But I think what's interesting is it sort of seems like Jake has his own agenda. Right. I think that Jake is using the witch hunters to for his own ends. I, 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 I think so, too. I think when push comes to shove, I don't think Jake will completely be aligned with what the witch hunters want i think we saw that this week but i think very much so i think that the circle still isn't safe from jake because jake blames the circle for for his loss right for the loss of now his entire family um so the circle still isn't safe from him but i don't think that he's gonna let the witch hunters do what they want i think that they have something that he needs though the witch hunters yeah i think so too and i think the most telling part of the episode with Jake having his own agenda was when Cassie was able to release Simone of her knife on her own. Yeah. And he was very curious about that because right. he was like, I thought when you bound a circle, <laughs> you, couldn't do power you couldn't do magic on your own. Right. And she was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I thought it was both of us. I was really, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're so pretty. <laughs> but on that note, Cassie and her grandma, whom I love, right. I live for her grandma, whose name is Jane, yes. are sort of, you know, grandma has become her teacher and is is leading her through this whole new world. Right. Pardon my Disney reference <laughs> to Aladdin. But <laughs> it is a whole new world for her. Yeah. Completely. And she's very confused. Uh-huh. And always in her defense needs to go to her grandmother for assistance which i'm so happy that she has now yeah and i'm happy that all the kids have someone that they think they can trust or that they know that they they can trust with their secret and with their problems and someone who's more experienced and i mean that's what grandmas are for right that's what grandparents are for in general they're always someone that you can go to when you can't go to your parents to talk to right and what did we find out tonight? Grandma gave... Well, before Grandma gave the crystal... Right. Grandma gave... What happened? The crystal. Me. Remind me. <laughs> Grandma, in that initial conversation with Jane and Cassie, she explains that the circle isn't broken, mm-hmm. that it's balanced, but she also informs Cassie that the Blake family 
lineage is the most powerful. Right. It dates back to the beginning of witchcraft. So essentially, Cassie's the strongest component of this circle. Right, right, what, right. Is what Jane lets her in and on. And that she was born to lead and protect her circle. Yes. That's right. Right. And so she, later in the episode, um, gives Cassie the crystal, explains that the crystal is a lens to magnify your power. Um, your own personal power. Right. It's not because she explains that the circle is tricky in doing magic because you have so many different personalities and um, other influences. And you have to depend on other people. Right. But the crystal allows you to magnify your own individual power when you need it. And that this crystal has been passed down, um, interestingly, on the matrilineal side. It's come from the women. It mm-hmm. came, Jane got it from her mother. And if Amelia was still alive, would be giving it to Cassie. But it seems like Jane never gave it to Amelia. Or took it from her. Or took it back from her when, when the boathouse incident. That's occurred. very possible as well. Took it back from her and then gave it to Cassie, who now and tells her also, mind you, not to tell anybody because right, no it's the most know. sought after piece of magic. And every family at one point, she had said it. specifically, had their own crystal. Right. And anyone will, will want it. And, it and everyone people. wants it. It changes people. Right. Which is interesting also because we've seen throughout the episodes that Charles and Dawn, Dawn, thank you, I was going to call her Mrs. Chamberlain, Dawn have been searching for the other crystals. Right. So it seems to me that the other crystals are either missing hidden. or hidden. They're like horcruxes. <laughs> to, to borrow they from totally Harry Potter. They are totally horcruxes. They are totally horcruxes um and cassie sort of you know has questions of course isn't apprehensive about taking the crystal at all even though she at first didn't even want to be part of this whole magical world and and when the circle was broken was like maybe it's for the best right but now she knows that it's not broken right so she's still she's stuck anyway and i think that after you know, this is the second time some crazy person has come after Cassie. Right. In however long it's been since she's moved to Chance Harbor. So I think that she sort of looked at the crystal as a protection. For herself. For herself. I think so. And it's very funny that people keep coming after Cassie after we find out that she is potentially the most powerful right. out of all the witches. Right. And we see later on there's a sort of power struggle between her and Diana when the circle meet to bring a... When Cassie's telling them that we need Jake. Right. We need him to complete our circle. We need to be able to protect ourselves to the fullest degree. Right. That we possibly could. And without him, we're weaker. Right. It was almost more of a struggle between Cassie and Adam. Because Adam was so adamant and, and... and Diana almost seemed to be all for it because I think, you know, she thought it was an opportunity to get Cassie away from Adam. Right. Um, and so I think we saw Diana agree to it easier than Adam did. Well, we're sort of introduced to in this episode like a sort of love. We talked about it briefly in the screening room, a love square, but then it was like a love pentagon, but then now it's a love square again. And I guess it would be... 
Adam and Diana, Adam and Cassie, Jake and Faye, and Jake and Cassie. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people involved. Only two boys, three girls. Sounds like a party. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but it's very funny that every any time that Cassie is threatened, to a certain extent, Adam is always there to protect her. Right. And Diana's aware. <laughs> and Diana is fully aware of the fact. She's, and she's over it at this point. She's kind of... She's at her wit's end. Yeah. I mean, this girl, this new girl moves into town and isn't necessarily going after her man, but her boyfriend is more interested in this new girl. He looks at her differently. He has a different sense of duty to her, even though he doesn't even know this girl. Right. And Diana's sick of it. Yeah. She's sick of being played for the fool. Right. Well, I would say. The second time also, not only with the protection, but this is the second time that we have seen Adam get jealous over another man showing Cassie affection because we first, when the episode with the school dance, and Adam's friend wanted to date Cassie. That's right. And Diana was irritated that he was jealous. And now we see it again and she's realizing, okay, this isn't just about protecting her because I think if it was just about protecting her, Diana could maybe come to terms with that a little easier. But now she realizes that it's beyond that, that it's, it's vying for affection at this point. Right. And we see her tell him, you're acting like a jealous boyfriend. Yeah. And not my boyfriend. Right. Later on in the episode, Ethan, Adam's dad, drunkenly reveals to Diana that the Blake family and his family are written in the stars. Right. Which I find very, I mean, very eerie yeah. in a way because if he's meant, if Ethan is meant to be with Amelia and they didn't ever get together, if they had gotten together and had children, would they have had Adam and Cassie and then they would have been meant to be together? No. Like, I think at some point, I think more than that, it means that at some point these lineages are meant to join. Right. And it has to happen eventually. And it didn't happen with Ethan and Amelia. And so now it needs to happen with this generation. Right. And I think he's stuck on this whole destiny thing. It's written in the stars. You can't mess with destiny. And I think he feels that whatever happened 16 years ago has to do with the fact that they never bound their circle one and two messed with the whole order. Of right. Things. He even outright says bad things happen when you mess with fate. I think he blames whatever happened less on the binding of the circle and more that he and Amelia weren't together because right. I think he thinks if they were together and if they were unified, whatever happened maybe could have been avoided or stopped if if they hadn't challenged fate. What's also interesting to me that they haven't addressed yet is that each child came from a set of magical parents. Right. And each child lost a parent, or in Nick's case, both parents. Which would have meant that Chance Harbor, at one point, had more witches, had more witches in it. It would have had to have been the grandparents had at least four circles that then reduced down to two which then reduces down to this now one. 
So where are all the other witches? Yeah. There would have had to have been aunts and uncles aside from the children, which is, I guess, something we can get into predictions. Um, But this whole love Pentagon thing (laughs) comes to a head. Right. When after Diana talks to Ethan, she leaves the wake and goes for a a leisurely stroll to collect her thoughts. Right, clear her head. To clear her head and comes back and tells Adam that... What did she say? I mean, I don't remember word for word, but she basically just... She basically comes to terms with... What Ethan tells her. Right. Is like, she lets him, she lets Adam know that she knows. And she basically says that she doesn't want to fight it anymore. Right. She doesn't want to fight destiny anymore, in essence. Like, I'm letting you go so that you can fulfill your destiny and I can fulfill mine, which is sort of what Ethan told her, in essence, by saying, the sooner you let him go, the sooner you'll all be able to. Right. Move on with your lives and do what you're meant to do. Right. And so she breaks up with him and runs to Cassie, which I find very interesting. She has nowhere to go, and she says that Adam was her best friend. And even though she tells Cassie, I broke up with Adam because of you, I still want to be your friend. Right. Well, I think that she... I mean, it's clearly not Cassie's fault that they're fated right. and that this has happened. And I think that Diana seems to be the one of these kids who's mature enough to understand that. She's very level-headed. Right. And so I think that she she gets that. She knows that Cassie didn't do anything. And I think she blames Adam more because Adam was the one who she loved and Adam wasn't fighting. You know, Cassie just came to town. It wasn't Cassie's fault. Right. So I think she gets that. And also, you know, she's not that close with Faye and Melissa. She really isn't. They only know each other because of the magic. They weren't friends to begin with. And she has sort of a burgeoning relationship with Cassie. And so I think she was like, this is the only person I have to go to talk to. This is the only person I've left. No matter how complicated it is, um, I I, I need somebody. And we see Cassie, you know, almost, I'm not going to say reluctantly, but she, because Cassie really doesn't want Adam at this point either. No, she seems way more interested in Jake. Right. And so Cassie seems like it, she's going to be there for her. Right. I mean, who knows if she's even going to pursue Adam or if Adam is even going to pursue Cassie. Right. I mean, at this point, it's sort of like, who wants to stick their foot into that pool of water? <laughs> I mean, Nick just died. Your circle's broken. Cassie's fighting to get Jake into the circle and no one really knows where they are yeah. at this point. No one really knows what Jake is doing in town, although we find out that he is there to kill everybody. Cassie is sort of up Shit's Creek, excuse my French, trying to figure out how to bring Jake into their circle. Jake is going to stick around longer than he says he's going to. Adam and Diana broke up. Faye wants to be back with Jake. Jake wants to be with Cassie, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he does look at her right, like he's there. interested in her, at least. And we have poor Melissa just crying. Poor <laughs> Melissa. I mean, that was basically the overall 
through line of the episode was Nick's wake. Right. And the the one thing that I, I did find very interesting, I mean, Charles and Don did have a, a very small storyline throughout here, and we see Charles really having killed Nick is really weighing on his soul. Right. And he, um, there was one quote when he... At the wake when he said history keeps repeating itself. Right, exactly. Yeah. It seems to be that something, I have a feeling that Charles played a part in whatever happened to Jake and Nick's family. Right. That's what that sort of said to me. Um, and he, you know, he calls Jake Nick. So I think that we're seeing that Charles is going to go, he's sort of going to unravel. I, I think that he's unraveling. At this point, he's unraveling. He's, right. He's overcome with guilt um, that he had to kill a child. I don't think that as as much as he's done that's been sort of wicked and murderous, I think that, that was a line that he never thought he would have to cross. Right. Um, and so he, he is unraveling. And I think that we see... Dawn is nervous. Dawn is so is is because she's she needs him to keep it together. Right. I mean, they're the last two of their right, and she wants whatever they need to do. She she wants it done, and if he unravels and you know spills what they're doing or who knows what, she's screwed. And right. So she's she's scrambling because she needs him to keep it together. So th- I think that's. It's going to be interesting to see how how much further Charles falls. Right. And I'm very excited for that because Gail, Gail Harold. Harold, excuse me, who plays Charles, is such a fantastic actor. Yeah. So seeing more of him in the upcoming episodes is only going to be more exciting for everybody. Right. And giving him more of a storyline and more of a soul, because at first he was sort of just this evil villainous character and now he has killed somebody right well another another person and it's but something that wasn't wasn't planned right and wasn't to further this mission that he and Don are on exactly it was a murder that it was a blip in the road right which they never expected right and i think you know it was something that clearly reminds them of the past because this demon came from something that happened in the past. So there was all of that. Like, I feel like their guilt is this could have been avoided if we had never done this thing too. Exactly. Right. More people are dying again. Because of what we did. Right. I think that we can't forget to mention also in the beginning when Jane goes to Dawn and now finally gives Dawn the confirmation. Right. That the circle is bound. Oh, it's not that they didn't know that the circle was bound. But, now they and they know but the bigger thing is now they're aware that Jane is aware and they're right. afraid of Jane. Because what we saw last week is that or when they first bound the circles that they didn't want anyone to find out because they didn't want the children's powers to be stripped. And Jane is like, No, I'm not going to the elders. Right. This is something that they need to do on their own. Right. Pretty much. I'm just letting you know. Keep an eye on them with and me. She says, Do I yeah, do I have your support to protect them? Right. Yeah. Very interesting that Jane does not see through her. Right. You'd think she would. You'd hope. You'd hope that she would be able to see right through Dawn's steely fake exterior. 
Right, because Don immediately goes to Charles and says that Jane thinks I'm on her, that I have her back. Right. So we're immediately... I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe Jane is a little bit... Maybe Grandma's a little bit smarter than we think she is. Right. I hope so. I hope so, too. For her sake. Yeah. Because I, I want her around. Me, too. I love... She's great. She's fantastic. She's kind of like the circles, and especially Cassie's, like, I guess, to use a Buffy term, she's like their Giles. Like, she... Yeah. Is there very much so that that person that you need to guide you the experience the elder your watcher right exactly <laughs> and I think that Jane realizes that that's what she needs to be because she wasn't that for Amelia right and there's a guilt that she carries which we talked about last week mm-hmm. about how the elders ignored their children and didn't explain to them what they had and. It, got so out of hand and now they realize they need to play a part in this or at least she realizes that she needs to play a part because it's unavoidable right it's gonna happen no matter what and it's better to be there and to have a hand in it and to guide than just to let it run amok because it's already caused one death well this one death right yeah this time (laughs) this time around it's only caused one death so far right so she knows that now she needs to step in and help them so that this doesn't happen again for them exactly I think on that note, we are going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to give you your news and gossip and a witch movie recommendation. So come on back with us after this commercial break. The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning, fast download. And get technical with me. After Buzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Join the fun at your number one source for after-show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. After Buzz TV. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Through the month of October, we have been giving you week to week a recommendation of another witch film. Usually, we would prefer that it made a correlation between the episode we watched and the movie recommendation we are giving you. But this week, alas, we couldn't find anything. So we went ahead with a classic epic film. Right. A favorite anyway. A favorite (laughs) anyway that we have to talk about. The Witches of Eastwick, starring Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer. Just die for this movie directed by george miller based on the book by john updike i mean there was a tv series about it right it's it's such a a seminal witch movie but also just sort of a seminal movie in its own right it's such a good film such a fantastic great story the book is so good i mean it's just so it's funny and it's scary and a little sexy and a lot sexy (laughs) it's so it's one of my favorites even outside of the the witch genre, just a favorite. Oh, movie just in general. general, it's just a fantastic film. If you have no interest in witches whatsoever, regardless, it's an amazing movie following three women who live in the same town. One's an artist, one's a teacher, and one's just a housewife. One's a housewife. Yeah. And they all meet this man who's played by Jack Nicholson, who sort of gives them their powers. It may or may not be. Satan. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many layers to this film. It, it is. It's so it's... brilliantly directed, and Cher is just so amazing in this movie. Yeah. Just don't eat... Make sure you're eating pitted cherries when you watch. <laughs> don't eat cherries in general when you watch this movie. 
<laughs> You'll really never want to again after it anyway. <laughs> so so good though. It's a great film. It's it's fun. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I think is the thing. It's definitely something that you can sit down and watch with your whole family. It's not one of those movies that is inappropriate for certain ages. To a certain it extent. It is rated R. Well, rated R back then is something not rated R now. True. You know, it would probably be rated PG-13 if it came out now. Question. Yeah. Was Answer. the TV show on CW? No, it was on uh, ABC. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Short-lived. Probably, it probably should have been on the CW because it would have lasted longer. Well, they would have had I to make them it. younger for CW. I enjoyed it. I liked it too. Eastwick? I it. Yeah. I did not watch that show. It was good. Me. It was enjoyable. It got canceled. It did. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. We're going to move right into your news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. All right, so on tonight's episode of The Secret Circle, fans met Meet Jake, uh, guest star Chris Zilka. Nick's older brother, who arrives in Chance Harbor and stirs up the now-broken circle. What can we expect as the show moves past last week's shocker? Here's what executive producer Andrew Miller has to say. Entertainment Weekly asked, You've said before that Jake will shake up the dynamics on the show. How will he come between Adam and Cassie? Andrew replied, Everyone hates him in the circle from knowing him two years ago. But Cassie, because she's new to town, can only deal with what she sees on the surface, which is an incredibly sexy, uh-huh. very charming, troubled guy. <laughs> they both share a similar pain. Both of his parents are gone, too. They develop a relationship that's different from anyone else's because of that. The relationship will make life very, very hard for Adam, and then ultimately very hard for Diana, because as much as they all can't stand Jake, he inserts himself into their lives through Cassie. It just makes it all difficult for all of them. Mm. So could Jake complete the circle again since he's Nick's brother? Well, the reality is, without Nick, they're just a weakened circle. And in this week's episode, we've explored exactly what that means. What it means to be a broken circle and how to change that. Jake will definitely figure into that, but the problem is they all hate him. (laughs) And if Jake becoming a part of the circle, if that's even an option, is something that could destroy them quicker than they could possibly know. Yeah. So how long will... (laughs) (laughs) Yep, sure. (laughs) Okay. So how long will Jake stick around? He's an incredibly good actor and we love him on the show, but at this point it's impossible to say. Laughs. Laughs. A lot of twists and turns on this show. It's very hard for us to keep up, but we hope Jake stays for a little while. I mean, it's exactly what we were already talking about. I mean, Jake finishing the circle, stirring things up with Diana. Right. It's all stuff we know already, but it's good to see. Why did we put it in here? I don't know. Andrew Miller's very redundant. I can't help that. He's very tight-lipped. He is very tight-lipped. But I think we are going to be seeing a lot more of Jake. Yeah. Despite what he says. Well, so Adam Harrington, who plays Chance Harbor's drunk, Ethan, reveals to The Hollywood Reporter that his character's behavior is actually a choice. Adam, who plays Thomas Decker, who plays Adam's Thomas Decker's drunk (laughs) father, Adam Harrington, who plays Adam's Thomas Decker's drunk father, Ethan, admitted that he didn't see the death coming. Nick's death was a big shock, Harrington admitted in the interview. There was an ominous cloud that something tragic was going to happen, but I was shocked at how it happened and who did it. Executive producer Andrew Miller told 
that the death was originally supposed to happen earlier in the series. Oh. Aren't we on episode, like... Well, we're on episode five, but if they were planning on having Nick die, like, on episode two... Then we wouldn't have gotten the story... Right, right. I think that's why they didn't, I would guess. I think so. They kept him along for a little longer to build the story up. So we chatted with Harrington about Ethan's shocking actions in tonight's episode, and that time he played the superhero version of Gail Harold. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) I think what you're starting to see is a difference between what fate is and how fate will protect these people. Ethan views messing with fate so much damage as causing so much damage, like he implies that he did 16 years ago. Harrington explains Ethan is worried that Adam will follow in his footsteps and not do what he said, what he's saying to do and put himself at huge risk of danger. Speaking of danger, there's a certain someone in town who isn't a fan of Ethan talking to the kids. Charles, uh, in fact, Charles almost killed Ethan in the pilot for talking to Cassie about her parents. So will Chance Harbor's two hottest dads continue to butt heads? I think we will, but I think with something like that, as you saw in the pilot, with Ethan and Charles go head-to-head, it's pretty dramatic, so I don't mind that they haven't gone head-to-head because you know things are just simmering. Harrington teases that Ethan will have to deal with another, impossibly bigger threat in Episode 7. Someone shows up from Ethan's past, threatening to give Cassie details on what happened a long time ago. We, th- we see Ethan at the end of the episode make a decision as to how he feels about whether he wants to start actually getting involved or not. Oh. Get that magic back, Ethan. You go, Ethan. <laughs> but seriously, get your magic back so we can see more of you. Thanks. <gasps> oh, really t- great little quotes you got there, David. Right? They're fantastic. <laughs> really appreciate that. I didn't write it. The Hollywood Reporter did. Just goes to show you that their journalism skills are just so fantastic. Amazing. Brilliant. We love the Hollywood Reporter. Thank you, THR. If he's expressed here, those are the hosts only. <laughs> I'm saying thank you. Um, I love them. Let me catch a breath. <laughs> the Secret Circle <laughs> Halloween Hunt is just a week away and we're already scared broomless. Oh, no. Who knows? <laughs> broomless. <laughs> That's what it says. Who knows what hijinks we're in for here. But considering that every day of the week is like a fright fest in Chance Harbor, all Hallow's Eve promised to be spooky and sexy. Yeah. You can expect a lot of sexy costumes, executive producer Andrew Miller tells TV Line. Halloween's a big holiday for our group because it's the one day of the year they can really be themselves and no one notices. It's a fun episode to let their witch flag fly free. So basically, the ladies have an excuse to dress up like a slutty Hermione. Hermione. (laughs) The problem is, they're not the only ones trying to blend in, and they get into a lot of trouble. Andrew continues, They set out to have maybe the best Halloween that any of them have ever experienced, and it goes badly pretty quickly. What? Someone shows up dressed like a worm? Too soon, guys. Too soon. I don't get that joke. Nick dies. Oh, the worm. The worm. Uh, yes. I get How it How Beverly Hills genius. housewife of them. Right? I mean, I did see a couple of pictures online of the Halloween episode, and it looks like we saw in the teasers tonight that Cassie's dressed up like a sexy bee. Um, Phoebe Tonkin's character, Faye, Faye, is dressed up like sexy Little Red Riding Hood. I think that was all we saw. I think that is all we saw. 
We did see Melissa, but I think she was a cop. I don't know. I don't really know. But that is your news for the week of October 20th. Thanks, Jeff. For the Secret Circle. Thank you. Ooh. And now, oh. your After Buzz TV predictions. So, steamrolling ahead from what we heard in our news and gossip. Uh-huh. That's really amazing. I love that sound, Jesse. Thank that you. Tremolo. Yeah, it makes me want to rip my head, eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll still hear it then. I know. Steamrolling from what we heard in our news and gossip. It looks like the Halloween episode, which is obviously next week, is going to be a huge, I believe, witch hunter episode. Because if they're not the only ones trying to blend in, the witches, right. and we learned about the witch hunters this week, yeah. obviously they are gunning for this circle. Right. They're coming. They're coming. They're, they're in Chance Harbor. Full steam ahead. Right. So what I think is going to be interesting is to see what Jake does to either protect the circle, or at least Cassie, or how much he gets in the way. Mm. I have a feeling that... Because he can't play both sides of the field forever. Right. And the thing about it is, he said he came to avenge the death of his family and to rid Chance Harbor of witches, which I have a feeling he's there to avenge the death, and I think he adds on the rid Chance Harbor of witches to appease the witch hunters. Right. Um, and we, at this point, have no idea how many witch hunters there right. are. We met there was, two, right? and I think the two bodyguards. There was like two henchmen or whatever yeah. they were. But there could very possibly be a lot more. Right. But what I think, though, for him to say that he's here to, you know, he's here for vengeance, he's here to, you know, avenge his family. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that he blames the kids? It very well could be that he doesn't. Right, but they, if it's a bloodline you and he wants to rid Chance Harbor of witches altogether, you would have to get rid of the elders, you'd have to get rid of the parents, and you'd have to get rid of all the kids. Right. My, what I'm feeling is going to happen is if they want to keep Jake around, he isn't there to get rid of the kids. No. He's there singularly to go after the Don and Charles, the people of that age who were with his parents when they died. I think and so I think too. that he's posturing for the witch hunters because good word. Thank you. You're welcome. Because he's using them the same way that they think they're using him. Maybe he's just misunderestimated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, but no, I think that that's what he's doing. And I, I think that especially if they're going to keep him around, um, which I do think they want to, um, I don't know why well, they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, that I've, I, that's my prediction. That's where that's going to go, that he's really not going to be as dangerous and vengeful as he's presenting himself. I think since we know the producers of this show from Vampire Diaries and how, what they love to do on Vampire Diaries is introduce somebody as One an thing. evil villainous character and let them play that out for a little bit and then they flip. Right. So I think... For the next few episodes, at least. We won't know. what We're not going to know if he's on the good side or the bad side. 
but he most likely will eventually end up being part of the circle. Yeah. And I have a feeling that she is going to, Cassie is going to have a huge part, a in big that. part in that. Yeah. But what I'm excited about is I feel like this is the episode where we finally are getting a true understanding of who the actual villain is going to be in this series, at least for now, which I think are the witch hunters. Yes. I think that we've finally been introduced to the clear, the actual bad guy. Yeah, I think so too. Because, I mean, obviously they want all the witches, so whatever Don and Charles have up their sleeves, they're going to have to align with their kids once they realize that these people are coming for all of them. Right. Because they're coming for all of them. They're not just coming for some, they're coming for all. So these, everyone's going to have to pin up. And I'm excited to see when three generations of witches come together. Come together. It's going to be awesome. To fight off some witch hunters. And I'm just excited. I feel like we got some more mythology this week. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where we go with that. I agree. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I think we're going to leave you all. All right. From everyone here at After Buzz TV, myself, David Skifalitti, Billy Nellis, our lovely DJ Jesse Janity, Phil Svita, Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos. Have a wonderful night, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.